When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to our Wednesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. On today's edition, we begin our positional reviews, and we're going to start with the secondary. So we're talking all things safety and corner. Mary Kay Scott and I dive into Denzel Ward, a uh, possible extension for him. We talk about guys who are hitting free agency, uh, the importance of the positions in the draft, all of that stuff. So give it a listen coming up here. Now, if you want to check out Football Insider, which you should, it'll give you access to articles on cleveland.com slash browns. Uh, you can be part of our texting group. You get a daily newsletter every single day delivered to your inbox. All you got to do is go to cleveland.com slash browns, click on the blue banner at the top of the page, and get all that information and get signed up. Okay, let's get to it. Let's talk secondary. Away we go with the first of our position reviews. Dan Lobby, Mary Kay Cabot, and Scott Patsko, and we are going to talk secondary. We're going to throw it all into one. We're going to combine some of these, um, and I, I figured throwing the corners and the safeties into one big group uh, would work to kick us off. So let's just get to it. I got a few categories we can get through, and let's just start here. Let's throw out some guys who were top performers this year in the secondary, guys that stood out to you as playing really well. Uh, Mary Kay, who have you got? Well, I mean, you have to start with Denzel Ward anytime you're talking about uh, the Browns secondary. Obviously, he's their Pro Bowl cornerback. I think he was having a Pro Bowl caliber season until he suffered the calf strain. And he missed, I think it was four games with that. It was either three or four games. I can't remember. Uh, but I, I thought he was on his way really to having a, a terrific season. Uh, he had 18 uh, passes defense. There, there's a distinction between that. And uh, we talked about this, Scott, before, yeah. uh, but he was second in the, in the NFL with 18 passes defense, which was really good. He was locking down his man, locking down his, his side of the field. Then he gets a calf strain and he moves from the calf strain into getting COVID-19. So his season, his great season really got messed up. And I thought, that, um, you know, he wasn't able to play the full game. So he missed the wild card game. And then when he came back for the Kansas City game, he wasn't himself yet. So he was not able to play uh, the whole entire game. He played, I think, 70% of the snaps, like somewhere around there, 71% of the snaps. I don't have that notebook in front of me. Um, but he, he wasn't himself. He had to go to the bench with cramps. Uh, he had to get treatment for, for cramps a couple of times. And... Uh, Coming off the virus, he, you know, he probably just didn't have the game uh, that he would have wanted to have. And he, I think he graded out really low in, in pass defense in that game, didn't he, Scott? Wasn't it like a 26-something grade in pass, pass defense, according to profootballfocus.com, I believe, uh, which is not a Denzel Ward caliber type of game. But we are attributing that 100% to the virus. So nothing to worry about when it comes to Denzel Ward. He is a Pro Bowl caliber talent. 
and he will be back in that spot next year, starting and playing really well. Yeah, Ward did not end on a, on a high note, that's for sure. I think his, his overall grade was 46.6, but his coverage grade was in the 50s, and that's not Denzel Ward-like. It was just, you know, it was an up-and-down year. It was even though he – I guess he played well overall early in the season. He did have those four touchdowns uh, against him in coverage, which didn't look great. But um, I mean, Denzel Ward's one of the few people on this entire defense that you feel good about going into the next season. I think the person who stood out to me for me would be Ronnie Harrison. Uh, just knowing that if Grant Double doesn't get hurt, he probably isn't here. I mean, he might still be here. They made a deal for him, and you know they weren't getting great play. I mean, I, you get the feeling that they really didn't want Sandejo and Joseph to start the season together. They wanted Delpit to figure into that. So maybe maybe they get Harrison either way. But the fact that they did get him and that he did play so well, I mean, I. You try to imagine some of these games without him being a factor in them. Uh, the secondary would have been in a lot bigger trouble than they were. So uh, Harrison really stood out, and I think they, he gives them some, I guess, comfort <laughs> when they look at that safety position because you're thinking, all right, we got Delpit, we got Harrison, uh, we got two players here that we don't need to – that we can kind of build around in the back of the defense. If that's your starting duo – you know, that, that's definitely an upgrade over what they have this season. Yeah, Harrison's a guy that they sort of stumbled into, gave up a fifth-round pick to get him because they needed somebody to do the things that they want to grant Delpit to do, and we'll, we'll certainly get to Delpit uh, as we move along here. But let's go back to Denzel Ward because um, one of the things I do want to talk about with, with these positions is, you know, guys who are coming up on free agency or guys who are due extensions, and Denzel Ward is the guy who is due a big, big-time extension. Um, so is there any question in either of your minds that, that I know there's cap stuff. I know we don't know what the cap's going to look like with no fans and, and how COVID is affecting everything. Uh, but with Denzel, is there any question that the Browns won't give him, I, I just say the miles Garrett treatment in the sense of give him a pretty sizable extension, not make him the highest paid defensive player in football. Um, but is he, is he going to get that extension from the Browns this off season? Yeah. You know what, here's the thing. And Dan, we talked about this a little bit yesterday when we talked about uh, the future of Baker Mayfield. There are talent questions and then there are economic considerations. And especially this year, coming off of COVID-19 and the revenue structure kind of getting blown up in smoke. What may have happened without COVID might be a little different with COVID. So uh, I think that, I mean, we know that, that Denzel Ward is a highly valued member of the secondary and he's their long-term answer at cornerback. So we do know that. What we don't know for sure is if they will just pick up his, his fifth year option and kind of then go from there, which I think is probably what will happen. Uh, and, I, and that might even happen with Baker uh, because then you can kind of see what's gonna happen with the salary cap. You can see what's gonna happen with who else you need to resign. They want Denzel long-term, which is the bottom line here. When the long-term extension happens, we're not exactly sure, but they'll pick up his option and they'll keep him. We just don't know exactly how that's going to all shake out. Yeah, you do whatever you can to keep to keep Denzel Ward here. Joe Woods' defense is built around coverage. I mean, you, you, he doesn't blitz. He wants to get pressure with his front four, which means – 
you need to have guys on the back end who can cover. And Denzel Ward is obviously a key part of that. They, they blitzed 21.3% of the time. That's the third lowest average in the league this year. Um, so you're, you're facing offenses that are going to have three receivers on the field most of the time. So, you know, there are people who, who value coverage over pass rush. I'm not saying that's definitely the way the Browns are leaning, but it's clear from Joe Woods' background that he wants guys who can cover. And, and that's what he's really focusing on with his defense. Yeah, I'm just I'm looking up some contracts here just for um, the, the sake of this. Jalen Ramsey uh, is a recent one. Now I don't know that Denzel Ward can can say he, you know, he's not Jalen Ramsey. He's really good, but he's not Jalen Ramsey, who, who might be the best corner in football. Uh, but he signed, um, let's see, a five-year, hundred million dollar contract extension um, before he was traded to the Rams. So you're looking at, you know, it's not going to be quite the Miles Garrett level of contract, obviously, but corner is one of those positions where um, it's one of the big money positions uh, on defense. Uh, you're either an edge rusher or you're a corner. Those are the guys that get paid unless you're Aaron Donald. So um, he's, he's in for a payday. The only question, I guess, is health, right? Uh, you know, if, if we're taking, if it were a normal off season, and a normal cap situation. I think the only question would be health, but I don't think there's been anything there that would make you say, eh, I don't know if you want to lock him up long-term because he hasn't been able to stay on the field. Well, he does have the, the soft tissue injuries that have kind of cropped up a little bit. He missed the first four games of last year with the hamstring injury. Then he missed this um, three or four games this year with the calf strain. Uh, so he does have a little bit of a history of that. Uh, and that's something that, you know, through their exercise science and whatever else they can do uh, with, with that sort of thing, uh, that they'll have to try to address that. I don't know if it's a, uh, something that they can, I don't know if there's a, anything they can really do uh, to try to, to prevent something like that, but he has had that issue. Uh, so, I, you know, it's something to look at, but I still think that um, it's not a deal breaker. It's definitely not a deal breaker. They'll, they'll keep him long-term and he will be a, a part of the Cleveland Browns for a long time and he'll get paid very well doing it. Here's a couple more contracts real quick. These are probably more relevant. Tredavious White uh, this year, four-year extension with the Bills uh, worth $69 million in new money. And Marlon Humphrey, a five-year extension with the Ravens worth $97.5 um, in new money. So th those are probably the more reasonable recent contracts to look at. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Scott, is, is there anything in Denzel's injury history that makes you nervous or? Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, sure. It does. Everybody I mean, had those issues. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's something you have to weigh in all this. I, but man, you need, you need people who can cover and you have a guy who has played to first round talent level so far in his career. He's been a pro bowler and, you know, I mean, any of these guys could get injured at any time. Right. So um, you hope that the worst is behind him. Yeah, I, I think you lock him up. Because really the window for this team is now. And you can't put off – you don't want to put off having the talent that you need on your team to make that run. And, you know, for however long it lasts, you, you figure Baker's going to be here and other players are going to kind of – cycle through at the other positions, but you want to keep that window open as long as you have him and Ward's a huge part of that. Okay. Let's go back to the guy you brought up, Scott, Ronnie Harrison, and, and kind of what he brought to this defense. Um, 
yeah, I thought it was interesting on Sunday that it was Carl Joseph and Ronnie Harrison playing most of the snaps at safety. They were the starters. Carl Joseph is a guy we'll get to uh, play deep safety on Sunday, more over more so than Andrew Sandejo. Um, so Ronnie Harrison, a guy they brought in when Delpit got hurt. You mentioned it, Scott. Uh, kind of a maybe a blessing in disguise. You know, a bad situation with Delpit. It turns into to bringing Ronnie Harrison here, and now maybe you have uh, your defensive backfield of the future. Again, the only issue with Harrison was he just had some issues staying on the field in spots. Uh, but when he was on the field, it seemed like he had an impact. And I also think uh, Joe Woods was sort of figuring out kind of how to use him in spots too. It took him a little while to get real playing time. And it took him a little while, even after he came back from that injury, to kind of get back on the field. But I think when Ronnie Harrison's healthy, he's a guy you want um, in your backfield. So, you know, with Harrison Scott, is he a guy – I mean, shoot, he's eligible for an extension too. <laughs> I guess we can ask that question while we're at it. Uh, would you do that? And I guess, what did you see from Harrison that you liked this year? You know, he, he's the one guy in the back of the defense, especially at safety, who played at a higher level than he had before. Joseph and Zendejo just kind of went the other direction. And he played better than he had in Jacksonville. And he was, at, by the way, Joseph and Harrison, that was the second time they'd had extensive time together against the Chiefs. That was it, just two games. And they both, they ended up with the top two coverage grades, which probably has a lot to do with the fact that Chiefs didn't really throw the ball downfield very much, but still. Um, but he was pretty good. He was good across the board. He was he was that that consistent player that they were missing on this defense because they weren't getting that kind of play anywhere else from guys up the middle. Um, I mean, Ogan Joby had a had a rough year. Um, their linebackers were an issue all by themselves. Um, and then, like I said, Joseph and Sandejo just were not good together this season. And that's the pair they had back there most of the time. So you add Harrison into that equation, it allowed you to take one of those guys off the field. Um, usually it was Joseph. Um, and yeah, he, he came through and he's the reason why you can go into 2021 thinking, all right, you got, we got two guys here who can probably handle safety. Um, you know, if they want to play three safeties, they got to get another body. I would, I would assume, but, you have Harrison and Delpit in that position and you're, you're feeling pretty good about where you are. You know, when I look at um, the Ronnie situation, it's my understanding that they had their eye on Ronnie and that even if Grant Delpit hadn't gotten injured, that they were going to make this play for Ronnie. And now when you look at the safety position going forward, they're, they're set as long as, as Grant comes back healthy from a ruptured Achilles and from the most recent uh, data that I could find on that is that about 78% of NFL players, this was a study that was done about four years ago, about 78% of NFL players come back from a ruptured Achilles and play again at a high level. So he's got a really good chance and he's young. Okay. Now, Olivier Vernon did the same thing. He ruptured his Achilles, but he's a little older uh, and, and that's going to be a little bit trickier for him. So Grant should be able to come back. And therefore, I think it sets up uh, really nicely for them at safety with those two guys. I mean, you've got like a really nice skill set there of, of tackling, of size, of coverage. Uh, it, you pretty much have uh, probably ending up with perhaps one of the best safety tandems in the NFL if Grant lives up to uh, everything they hope he can. So. I think they'll be in great shape. 
Well, and we've talked about this with the offense, right? How they came in and they really built this offense in Kevin Stefanski's image. And with Joe Woods, you know, they didn't use as many assets on the defense or at least long-term assets, but they did draft a really versatile safety that I think Joe Woods wanted to kind of use all over the place. Um, they did bring in two veteran safeties in case he wanted to have those guys while Delpit was playing the nickel or playing linebacker. They didn't invest a ton in the linebacker position, you know, outside of, you know, they went and got BJ Goodson uh, to kind of man the middle, but everything else was sort of cobbled together there. And that, that kind of tells me like Joe Woods defense as a whole, I don't know if we really saw what it's going to look like because I think it really does involve having a Ronnie Harrison type or a Grant Delpit type, not necessarily playing safety, but playing, you know, being that hybrid backer or, or that hybrid safety, I should say, who's a linebacker, who's a nickel, who's, who can play both safety positions. That was supposed to be Grant Delpit. It can be Ronnie Harrison. I think we've seen that guys that can rush the passer cover. I, I think that's really what kind of unlocks Joe Woods defense. And that's why, you know, we've kind of been saying on this podcast, like let's pump the brakes on Joe Woods a little bit. He just hasn't quite had the guys. Yeah, that, uh, that big nickel, that's Grant Delpit. Even before he even ever got on the field, they talked about him playing sort of that, that big nickel position, which is, you know, kind of a, you know, like you said, a hybrid spot there. Uh, and, and I think that he would have played that a lot, and he will. Um, so, yeah, he's got the versatility to do all those different kinds of things. And I, I think that, that Ronnie does, too. I think you can interchange those two guys in, in that way and let them, uh, you know, both play up, drop back in coverage, all, all different kinds of things that you can do with them. Oh, sorry, gonna... Gonna... <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you can speed. I mean, that's what this team needs. And he, he brings that. Okay. Well, we got to talk about this. This is uh, what I'm calling the big question here. And we got to talk about this guy. So I was telling you guys this story before I came on and we're going to get to this poll a little bit later. I sent out a poll to our texters um, earlier this morning and I asked them to, to rank um, all of the Brown secondary players in order of importance for 2021. And then I start getting responses like right away. And so I open them up and I look and the, every response is, where's Greedy Williams? Why isn't Greedy Williams? On? I had forgotten to put Greedy Williams on the list. I take down the poll, put up a new one and send out a new text. But the point is, I forgot about Greedy Williams. I don't think I'm the only person who, who has done that. Greedy, obviously, uh, having a shoulder injury, a, a nerve. Uh, it was originally day to day. It just never got better. So here we are with Greedy Williams. We're going to be going into year three. Year two is sort of a lost year. So the big question here is, what is Greedy Williams' future? Do we even know? Go ahead, Scott. I, I don't even know how you begin to answer that because it's not like he's dealing with a broken bone or a hamstring or even you know concussion issues. It's nerve damage. And I mean, based on what we know right now, meaning we, meaning not the Browns, because you assume they know more than us. Uh, I mean, you have to... You have to assume they're moving forward thinking Ward and Mitchell are, are the top of the depth chart. Those, those are your corners. And then any plans to upgrade its position is based on that. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure how you factor Greedy Williams into that. Maybe it's like a, a, a pleasant surprise that he's able to go or that he overcomes this. And, and, you know, who knows, who knows what his future is right now? <laughs> yeah. You know, they're at the, they are at the mercy of the nerve. And unfortunately, it did not respond uh, 
at all this season to the point where he could get back on the field and play. He's doing everything that he can. He's getting the treatment that he needs. Uh, you know, you do different things to try to stimulate uh, the nerve and, and to try to get it to, um, to respond. And, but it needs to regenerate. And it will do that in its own time. And so nobody knows when or if or how that's going to happen. Therefore, he is a bonus. He's, he's a bonus if you get him back healthy. And in the meantime, you have to behave as though you're not getting him back. You just have to. So uh, Mitchell is, uh, he, he's due to become a free agent. So I think they need to re-sign Terrence Mitchell. I think they got good play out of Terrence Mitchell. And if he's not going to be your starter, at least, uh, you know, he can factor into the rotation. Uh, he can be part of the program. I, I think I would just go ahead and, uh, and re-sign Terrence Mitchell. Unless, of course, somebody else is definitely 100% sure they want him to be their starter and they pay him an amount of money that you're not prepared to pay him. In the meantime, I think you have to look around for another starting cornerback uh, to play opposite Denzel Ward. And if you end up with a surplus, then so be it. You could always trade somebody. You could always do something. But I think they have to either draft one, look for another one in free agency, sign Terrence Mitchell, and proceed as though greedy just might not make it back. It's like Josh Gordon all over again. It's the same situation. You just don't know. Right. It'd be great, you know, if he comes back and you got you you got a, a potential starter there, but you, you just don't know. Right. And then the good news is at least unlike Gordon, you know that if he is if he is healthy and he can play, he's going to be there for you. Um, once he's back, he's he's going to be back. Um, but we'll see. You know, the other thing is we just don't know what type of player he is. I don't think we got a good read on that his rookie year, but this is still a guy who's 23 years old. Uh, I just looked it up. He ran a four, three, seven 40. So you would have a ton of speed back there. If you can settle in as the starter opposite Denzel Ward. Denzel is a, like a four, three, two guy, um, which is w what you love to have at the corner position, especially when you know, you're going to have to beat the Kansas city chiefs uh, if you want to get to the super bowl. So um, yeah, I, I mean, you hope greedy Williams can come back and be the player that John Dorsey thought he could be. Uh, but at this point, we just don't know. I wanted to add something else real quick about, about Greedy. There's so many conspiracy theories that go around uh, around about Greedy. You guys probably see him. You probably you guys probably get the emails you hear. Like people always uh, you know, email me and say, you know, things like, We hear that, you know, Greedy doesn't want to play anymore. We hear that Greedy just doesn't want to be here. We hear that Greedy that they don't like Greedy. From everything that I can tell and from everybody that I've talked to, he's working really, really hard to come back. And, and to, to get well and to be back in his starting spot with the Cleveland Browns. And they would love for that to happen. So from everything that everybody has heard, I'm not finding uh, that, there is, that there is any truth to any of that stuff. Just, I don't like to dole out Twitter advice on here, but listen, if, if you're on Twitter and you're typing in an athlete's at handle who's hurt or you're mad at him for some, some sort of play he made, just, just delete it. Just don't hit send. Close the Twitter app, go outside, take a walk, do, do something else. It's, <laughs> it's not worth it. So Mary Kay, you touched on this. I want to go through some of the free agents. Uh, we don't have to spend a ton of time on all of these, uh, but the question for each of these is sign them or let them walk. You said sign Terrence Mitchell. Um, I'm with you. I, I would bring him back. I think you can get him for a reasonable deal. Scott, what about you? Yeah, definitely. I think you bring him back. Experience, okay. and he's proven that he can come through when you have issues on, on your death chart. 
Right. The only reason I wouldn't, and, and we'll kind of get to this, is if you really believe you have somebody targeted in the draft that you like and you feel good that Greedy is going to come back. Uh, but I think we're all on board with that one. Uh, Kevin Johnson, this is an interesting one. Signed him to kind of play the slot. Also a guy that can play outside. Uh, obviously lacerated his liver in uh, training camp. Is his liver or his kidney? One of them was Jordan. Is his liver, right? Liver. liver. Yes. Yeah, liver. I always get that confused with what happened with Jordan Porter. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously a guy, again, I don't know if we have a great read on him. Uh, are you signing him? Are you bringing him back or are you letting him walk? You know, I, I think I'd bring him back. I mean, because you, you know, he knows your system and they, they like, they like him as a player. They like him as a person. And I, I think he, he, again, he kind of got off to a little bit of a, a choppy start because of what happened. Um, but I, I think he's a, a pretty good fit. And I think that, uh, again, it's, it's hard to find good cornerbacks. And, and I, I think that, um, I think he would be worth re-signing. So I would do it. I'd let him walk. <laughs> I think, uh, I, I think Grant Delbert's going to get a lot of slot opportunities. And I think, I think he could do better than Kevin Johnson. You need to upgrade at that position. They really were hurt, uh, on patterns into the middle of the field. And I think he can do better than Kevin Johnson. But you know, I, I, the other thing is we don't really, I mean, how was he hundred percent this year? We don't know. Cause he had the, the big injury. Um, if the Browns feel that he wasn't what he could have been physically, maybe it's a different story, but if that was Kevin Johnson, then I, I think, I think the Browns can move on. I, I would just be patient with it. I wouldn't sign him the first day of the league year if he's still sitting out there and a guy you could bring back at a low number and compete. I'd be okay with that. But if you're saying, you know, sign him as a guy that's going to be on your 53 for sure, uh, I, I wouldn't say that. Um, some of these oh. guys, we, we must mention real quick, some of these guys were signed with the thought that if you do lose them in free agency, that you get compensatory picks. So that's another thing to consider. Uh, if these guys had one-year contracts and, and you, and you lose them, then, uh, you know, then you're looking at compensatory picks and that's part of the strategy here with all those one-year deals. Yes. Paul B. Podesta at work mm -hmm. <laughs> behind the scenes. This is an interesting one. I'm curious about this one because we've talked about Harrison. We've talked about Delpit, but Carl Joseph, I think if I asked this question in September or even October, the answer would have been, no, nah, you don't bring him back. It seemed like he played better later in the year. And like I mentioned, he was out there against Kansas city. Now, you know, I don't know how much we should praise him for that punt that he caught off uh, Chad Henney, but he did catch it. He didn't make the play. So credit to him for that. Is Carl Joseph a guy you'd think about bringing back? Yeah. You have to ask yourself who, which one of these guys, Joseph or Sandejo, which one of them do you, which one of them sounds better as a third safety on the field? I'd lean towards Carl Joseph, but not by much. Um, so I think that's probably what you're asking yourself. Which one of these two guys who fits better as that number third guy who's going to get a lot of snaps? And I'd probably go with Joseph. Yeah, yeah. I think I would go with Joseph too. And the, the other thing about those two guys though, that might factor in is um, Joseph is still pretty young. So maybe he can, I don't know, maybe there's somebody out there that would give him a multi-year deal. I don't think that's going to happen with Sendejo. So if you're just looking to bring back a veteran for depth, it, you know, it might have to be a guy like Sendejo. But um, yeah, I, without knowing what Delpit's going to look like, I, th I do think you need to cover yourself. 
So unless you're going to draft somebody or sign somebody else, and that's take a one-year flyer on somebody else, um, I would consider bringing him back at the right price. Yeah. Again, he's one of these guys that is in that wait and see category. I probably would bring him back. I think he started to make uh, some impact plays as the season went along. It, it seemed like he was, you know, like he's got a nose for the football. Uh, I don't have all the stats right in front of me, but he, uh, you know, he seemed like he was involved in, you know, fumble recoveries and forced fumbles and interceptions. And uh, he, he started to, you know, he started to make a difference and make some game changing plays. And I, I think that was key. So um, yeah, he, he's a guy that once again, some of it will come down to economics. If he can get a bunch more out on the open market, you know, he'll take it. If, if he can agree to the right price contract here, uh, then I think they'll resign him. I feel like outside of Terrence Mitchell, though, we're all pretty lukewarm on these guys. It's <laughs> sort of like, ah, yeah, maybe. Um, okay, here's a wild card. Unless, you, unless we really need to spend a lot of time on Sendejo. Uh, but here's a wild card. Javier Thomas. Do you bring back your special teams ace, Javier Thomas? Or has the string run out on one of Mike Prefer's guys? There has to be more players available who can do what he does on special teams and give you much more on defense. There has to be. I mean, this is the NFL. I mean, it, it doesn't really cost you anything to retain him. He's a restricted free agent. Um, he probably made like, what, $500,000 last year or something. Uh, but, I mean, sure, you can bring him back. I don't think it doesn't really cost you anything. But uh, I think you, after going through this season – I think you really need to look at uh, bringing in other players who could maybe give you more in the secondary. $750,000, according to over the cap and good for Tavier. He's made 1.8 million in his career, according to this, according to over the cap. So good for him. But yeah, at some point, I think your, your luck kind of runs out as a, as a special teamer. And I don't know that this might be it. Unless Mike Prefer goes into Andrew Barry's office and says, no, we need this guy. And he might, but well, you know, we'll see. It's always right guy at right price. I mean, when you're talking about uh, guys that in the scouting world are uh, in some cases sort of considered just a guy or whatever, you know, it, it just depends on, can they fill the need for you at the, at the right price? And if you can get a guy like that on the cheap and he can come in and play good special teams for you and contribute on defense at, at a decent price and he fits into your cap structure, that way uh then and he knows your system then you bring a guy like that back but you can also find as scott mentioned you can find another just a guy that can probably do similar things he'll probably be in camp you know unless somebody signs him away and then we'll, we'll kind of see from there um okay so now let me uh i didn't see any potential cap casualties in this group uh, so before we get to the draft, I want to tell you guys who are texters listed in order of importance. Um, I put every defensive back on the list, uh, but here are the top. Let's see here. Uh, let's go through the top. Yeah, well, I'll just read them off. Denzel Ward was the clear number one. Interestingly, Ronnie Harrison was number two. Uh, Grant Delpit was number three. Greedy Williams, number four. Terrence Mitchell, uh, was number five. So those were your top five most important. A little surprised that Ronnie Harrison was that high. Well, he would have been even two or three, right? Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Somebody would have put Greedy up there. Greedy ended up at fourth. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, because because Ronnie was here. I mean, Grant Delpit, nobody, he wasn't here and nobody knows exactly when he'll be back full strength. So I, I think that's fair. I probably would have ranked them like that myself. Ooh, here's a name we didn't talk about. Sheldrick Redwine. He was eighth on the list. Does he have a future here? I mean, he's still cheap. <laughs> he had every opportunity to kind of take over a spot on the back of that defense. Uh, he got a couple, uh, he had at least one start this season. And then there was the Steelers game in week 17 where he was out there for the first drive and then you never saw him again. Six <laughs> plays and then he was replaced by Carl Joseph. That was it. Um, I mean, everybody in this secondary had their moment. He had a pick against the Cowboys. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, he's a young guy that he can develop. So, I, you know, sure, he can have a future here. Yeah. Yeah, I, he, he's interested. Go ahead, Mary Kay. They're all he, – he's in the same boat as the three or four other guys that, you know, that they could either end up here next year or not. I mean, we know that there are three or four that are definitely going to be here. The rest are basically maybes. So here's, here's what I've kind of learned from this discussion. It's not surprising is there are just like a few guys that you feel really good about. There's not a lot in this group. There's a lot that you kind of shrug your shoulders about and say, eh, I don't know. We'll see. So the last question here is your draft importance for this position on a scale of one to 10 the prior, draft priority, draft importance, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and again, we can be talking either corner or safety. I would put it, I'll go first. I would put it pretty high, actually. I would put it at, I think I would put it at at least a seven. I think if the right guy were there at 26, I'd take a look at it. So, I mean, that, that would make it pretty important. Um, if it's a corner, if, if you can get a guy that you think can be, you know, your corner of the future opposite Denzel Ward at like 26, you know, and we're talking about, you know, other positions you might draft, I would probably put that pretty high. So I would say at least a seven, if not an eight. And you're just talking corner here? Are you are we can be either. Can be either. So I think, I'm talking secondary in general, but if you want to be specific to corner, you can, you can say that. Obviously it depends a lot on what they do in free agency. Um, but I do think that if you're talking about drafting somebody in the secondary, you're talking about cornerback first. Yeah. And yeah, I would put it around seven ish. I think it's really important that they get someone in here that's young, that, that does the things that specifically Joe Woods wants them to do, and they can develop that. They don't necessarily need to draft a starter, I don't think. Um, like, I don't think you need to take a corner in the first round. I don't know if that's the position they should be targeting there. Uh, they, they might go out in free agency and get, and get that starting corner. And again, if it's, if it's Mitchell, that's not the worst thing in the world, I guess. Um, but I do think they need to draft a corner more so than, than a safety. Yeah, definitely. I, I think they, I think they feel really good about the safety position, especially if, uh, if they stick with like a Carl Joseph and then they have, have the rotation of a, a Grant, a Ronnie and a Carl, I think they'd feel really, really good about that. So cornerback would be more the priority and it has to be, as we mentioned, because you just don't know what's going to happen with, with greedy. So once again, 
I would re-sign Terrence, I would keep Kevin, and I would also look for a potential starter opposite Denzel, either in free agency or the draft. I don't think I would choose a cornerback at number 26. That seems a bit high for me at that spot based on what they have and what they hope to get. Um, but maybe second round, maybe third round, um, or find somebody, somebody in free agency or a trade. I mean, th these guys do a nice job in the trade market. Yeah, there's a lot of avenues to go there. So you, neither of you would take one at 26. I, I think I would, a corner, if we're talking about a corner, I think I would, if the right guy were there, mm -hmm. um, it would be something I'd consider. Okay, I think that's everything on the secondary. Did I miss any names? I think I got pretty much everybody. We didn't talk about MJ Stewart. I don't know if we Robert Jackson. Robert Jackson. He was on the list. Uh, poor Donovan Alumba. He came in last on our, our texter rankings, which I think that's unfair. He had a really good training camp. Come on. Give Donovan some credit. Well, we should talk about MJ Stewart because okay, we can talk made, about MJ Stewart. He made some really big plays down the stretch, came out of nowhere and made game changing interceptions uh, in, in the last couple of games. And then, um, it didn't, I mean, it didn't end up, it, you know, it didn't end up stopping the completely stopping, uh, the chiefs from converting that fourth down, but he was right there. And, uh, at least he, <laughs> at least he, he, he was right there to catch the passes that were thrown right, right to him, <laughs> that too. but he prevented Chad Henney from getting the first down. It had to be fourth and inches. That's true. And, uh, you know, I can't hold it against him that he wasn't able to catch Tyreek Hill on that fourth down play. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a tough ask for any corner, I think. Um, okay, well, uh, all right, then we'll end it on this. If you had to choose MJ Stewart or Kevin Johnson, who would it be? Hmm, that's a good one. I think I like- MJ made bigger plays. Okay. I like Johnson's versatility. I like that you can play him outside. So I might give him another chance. Doesn't mean he can play outside well. Um, <laughs> well, you know. I would think maybe MJ Stewart because he's younger and maybe you can develop in, him into something more. But I don't I wouldn't look at either of those guys as your 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 starting nickel corner for 2021. If I'm looking for just a slot guy, I probably am taking MJ, but I think if I'm looking for the versatile guy. Like you said, it doesn't mean he can play it well, but just having a, a guy that can do both at least, I, I think I would take Kevin Johnson. So there you go. There's me playing both sides for you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I would, I would is... think they would, I would think that they would have Kevin Johnson ranked higher than, than MJ Stewart. But I mean, you have to give him credit for, for making some, some big plays down the stretch when they needed him, because that's what you need to do when you, when you get, when you're trying to get in the playoffs and you're in the playoffs, you need your, you need guys to step up and make big plays. And I think that's one of the things that happened uh, in that Kansas city game is that like the, some of the big time players didn't step up and make some of the big time plays that they needed them to make. And some of it was injury, right. With miles, Denzel, all of that stuff, Denzel coming off COVID, all, yep. all of that. So, okay. Uh, there we go. That is our first position review in the books. We're going to keep rolling through these. I think we're going to do front seven tomorrow. So we'll talk some linebackers and uh, front four. Uh, so make sure you're subscribed to that orange and Brown talk podcast, wherever you get it. Uh, Got to watch the tape. We'll be back this week too. Scott, is it too early to ask you what your topic is going to be? No, we're going to kind of dive into the, into the chiefs game, kind of give this 2020 uh, season one last, one last look there at the end. Cause 
if someone's going to dive into that game, it should probably be uh, the guy to watch the tape podcast. So we're going to, we're going to pick out some key plays and try to figure out what worked, what went wrong and what it all means going forward. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, we were, we were sending a little email thread around today and we're going to talk through some stuff. I think we got some fun stuff planned for you here on the orange and Brown talk that should be coming uh, in kind of this dead period after the Super Bowl as, as we come up, no combine. What are we going to talk about? That's what we're going to come up with, but I think we have some good ideas uh, coming your way on this feed. So make sure you subscribe. So for Mary Gann Scott, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening. everybody.